Thank you, Zach. Jesus Christ is the same when? Yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't that good to know again today? We looked at that last week, and in light of this week, the first week of uh, 2021, friends, a little bit of continuation of 2020. Let's remember, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that's where our focus is at, and we're going to continue to get our mindsets uh, directed that way for 2021. How many of you like to run your gas tank low? Come on, some honest opinions here now. And um, I have historically been one of those people. In fact, my daughter now drives and uh, she's always asking me to fill up her car tank and I get in her car and it's like half full. And I'm like, it's half full. Why do you need me to fill it up? And it's like, she's anxious. She just does not want the tank to run down, especially below a quarter of a tank. But for me, you know, let's stretch it out as long as we can. Now, I grew up uh, on a farm. Some of you know that. And uh, we always had the opportunity uh, to work on the farm day in and day out. And um, sort of some of the way to be compensated for that, I guess, is my dad would fill up our tanks and we would uh, be able to have gas at the farm. And so uh, in my mindset somewhere, I would always stretch it out. And I have at least three memorable kinds of Uh, I don't know if they're memories or maybe scars of when I ran out of gas. Do you have some of those? I mean, I I remember my parents had been away on a beautiful trip, probably somewhere, who knows where. I was given their red Cadillac while they were gone. And I was pretty excited about that. So I drove the red Cadillac around and I knew the time I was supposed to be picking them up and I picked them up. But I knew that the car was low on fuel. Now, Carrie could have filled it up with fuel. But that would have cost Carrie money. And, you know, as a young adult, you're thinking, well, my parents, I'll be glad to fill the fuel tank up. And I knew there was a gas station close to our exit getting off, so I picked them up. I knew I was pushing it. And sure enough, I ran my parents out of fuel right off the interstate on an exit ramp after a beautiful vacation. And my dad says, Carrie, why didn't you fill it up with gas? And I said, well, because I'm cheap, I guess. I thought maybe you could. But the gas station's right at the top of the exit, right? Or I remember one time that um, I was uh, hauling the family to the farm uh, for Christmas. Christmas morning, right? Beautiful Christmas morning. It was snowy. The roads were packed in Indiana. And um, I turned off the main highway to go a back way. I was seven miles away from the farm for us to have our extended family uh, Christmas and ran out of fuel. Local little house. I walked up to it. I remember this. My wife's back there shaking her head going, I was in trouble a lot. You know what I'm saying by that kind of thing? This was Christmas morning. And I remember knocking on the door and interrupting these people's Christmas to say uh, I was out of fuel. Now, that was before cell phones, mobile phones. You just couldn't call somebody. It was before the Gas Buddy apps and all that kind of deal, right? And I'm just uh, embarrassed because can be, brothers, could you come get me and bring some gas For my family that's freezing in the car in the middle of a snow uh, road. And then one time, I remember it's actually a sabbatical we had in 1984, I believe it was. And we were headed north uh, through the hills of Iowa to the city of Minneapolis um, to see some friends and to interact. And they don't tell you 
when the next gas station is. You ever been in those situations? It's like, oh, where's the next exit? Where's it? Where can I get off? And we ran out of fuel with the whole family in the car for this beautiful uh, time away that we had. And I'm like, what do I do? I go out. My wife's like, I can't believe you did this again, Carrie. Goes out, and I, I, I'm not thumbing somebody down, but I'm I sort of like, hey, duress, that kind of thing. And this old pickup pulls up alongside. And it must have been uh, some migrant workers because they were sort of packed in the back. And I remember getting in the back of the pickup truck. And my, I was, where are you going? What are you doing? You know, I was going, I, I got to go into the town. I'm going to get a gas can. I'll be back. And she waves to me as I'm leaving and later told me, I thought to myself, that's the last time I'm going to see my husband. <laughs> I got all kinds of good experiences. <laughs> uh, if, if you run tractors out of fuel, diesel fuel, that's a little bit different than running things out of gas. Right there, Steve? Because you're going to have a bigger problem than just putting more gas in your gas tank. Now, I did succeed a few times. I got there. I guess I'm a risk taker. How about you? But you know, this whole thing of um, stretching it and maxing the experience to a point that you're running low on fuel and needing to be infueled reminds me of something that's not so much about physical transportation as it is about spiritual transformation. You see, I see a lot of people run out of fuel along the road. They're out of gas. And they run out of gas in, in pretty critical time of life. Maybe it's a big family decision, or maybe it's a, a, it's, it's a crisis that's happening in their own personal life. Or maybe it's just being able to respond appropriately to a cultural or society uh, activity around them. But the way they've been leading and running their life, they're really running on fumes. Have you been running on fumes? Have you been running on your fumes? Not physically. But if I can get you to look on the dashboard of your life, there's a couple other gauges. One of those is an emotional gauge. And then the other is the spiritual gauge. I want to address again this morning, at the beginning of 2021, the reality that we need to have our lives filled on a regular basis to be able to become all that God intends for us to be and to serve His purposes. And we're still at the front of the year, so you have a chance in one sense to do some recalibration. New Year's resolution or whatever, I don't know how you're doing on those, but you know, I just hear it all the time about uh, your physical New Year's resolution or, or some type of career thing. But I want to know spiritually, is it at the forefront of your life for 2021 to be a, a great, impactful year? You see, I think the most important thing for us to be fueled is to be in close contact with Jesus Christ, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In fact, if you want to see God work in a greater way in your life this year, the most important thing you can do is to have a great devotional life. Now last week we looked at our 2021 prayer life. 
And we talked about the importance of being sincere in our prayer efforts and, and being able to draw near to Christ. For His presence to be more real. For His promises to be more clear. And for His power to be more active. Today I want to talk about your 2021 devotional life. Prayer is a part of that, of course. And the moment that I put up the word devotional life, people go to sleep. Oh, devotions, yes. If you've been a Christ follower and walking with God for a number of years, you're mindful that devotions are important, but you're always sort of falling short. This is not a beat-you-up day. This is a come-around-you-encourage-you-with-where-you're-at. Because the greatest thing that you can do in 2021 to see God at work in your life and the work of life of people around you is to have a great devotional life. But the way that we run our life, it's not sometimes that we run out of gas. Sometimes we're running so fast, so many RPMs, that we blow gaskets. And you are a vessel. And your vessel is a multi-dimensional vessel. It is physical. It is mental. It is emotional, it is relational, and it is spiritual, spiritual. And you need to do well in taking care of your vehicle. And this vehicle was designed to be in communion with Jesus Christ. To be able to experience His presence and His power. So let's look at a 2021 devotional life, and this is my passion and my heart for you as you recalibrate. And if you're someone who's not a Christ follower this morning, first of all, 2021 would be a great year to make that step of faith because there's nothing more powerful than becoming everything that God intended for you to be when you were created. But I want you to lean into this because these are not how-tos to make you uh, look better with God. You know, it's not like, check it off my list, and oh, I did that, so I'm sort of this legalistic person, so God really... No, this is for you to live life better. We had a series uh, this past year during the COVID run, right, on Up Your Game, and we talked about some uncommon practices. And we won't labor into those uncommon practices, but the general understanding is that we have a great devotional life so that we can live life well. And so this is not a... Get your act together. It's not a uh, earn points with God. This is fuel well so that you can live well for yourself and for others. And your 2021 devotional life needs to be focused on this aspect for these things to be true. For His truth to be my daily guide. Not just the common uh, opinions of others around you or whatever their post might say as you're you know, crashing through social media. That your 2021 devotional life would enable you in me for His truth to be my daily guide. And then for His love, for that communion with Him to be my common joy. Remember the first time you... Well, maybe it wasn't fall in love. It was fall in infatuation. Like, man, that... I want to get to know that person, man. And you get to know that person. They sort of like you. You like them. And man, your whole world circles around what? It circles around that love relationship. It becomes the common joy of your life. 
And the devotional life that you're to have this year should lead you to his love being your common joy. And then finally, for his kingdom to be my forever delight. Now, what is his kingdom? It's his realm. It's his rule. It's his reign in all of life. And even though you live in Southern California, or if you're watching online, I know there's some watching from other states. I even know uh, someone joining in from Hawaii today. And uh, there is the opportunity um, to do a lot of different kinds of things. But the location in which you are living, wherever you are at, you can be dialed in to God's kingdom and His realm. So, all the natural disasters or all the uh, uh, politics that have gone amiss or all the other cultural pressures that are coming down on you, there is a kingdom of God in which we can exist and be thrilled with. And it can be our forever delight, both here in this life and in the life to come. So my devotional life is going to tune me into those three things and more, of course, but I highlight those three. Truth, love, and his kingdom. In Mark 12, verse 30, we have Jesus responding to someone who was wanting to know what's the most important thing in the world. What's your, what's the greatest commandment? And many of you know how Jesus responded. He was just right there, right away. He says, it's real simple. You need to do this. In Mark 12, 30, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. It's a common thing that we understand the greatest commandment. Of course, the second greatest commandment Jesus said is what? Love your neighbors yourself. So there's not just the horizontal uh, um, Uh, the vertical dimension, but there's also the horizontal dimension. Here's my question to us this morning, still at the beginning of 2021. What are you going to do to find yourself more active and fulfilling that great commandment? You got a plan? Or are you just going to run down the road until you run out of gas? Just sort of going to hope you can keep making it on fumes. Living on yesterday's experiences. Yesterday's love and communion with the Lord. I have to confess, there's times in my life when this has been true of me. The RPMs are getting going. A lot of good things happening, really. Extend a different way. But the interior part of my life has become uh, sort of dried up a little bit. I'm running low and I'm sort of looking at the dashboard and and I'm not focused on this spiritual gauge and I'm realizing, wow, okay, okay. I never... And then the lights come on, right? You need fuel. Some crisis happens in your life. And you realize, you know, I need to get back to loving the Lord my God with all of my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. You need to have a game plan. You need to have a devotional life that's consistent. If you have a devotional life that's consistent, it will be the way that you experience God in the greatest way possible. Both this day and the next day, the weeks and the months to come.
I want you to turn to Psalm, Psalm chapter 1. The first psalm, it actually kicks off all the psalms. It's a familiar psalm to some. But just for us to be mindful, it says this in the New Living Translation. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. Now the psalmist leads off this way, not saying that there shouldn't be interaction. We're not pulling ourselves away from the world or being some holy huddle or being in a judgmental kind of state towards others, which is a common accusation. What we're doing is we're not choosing to like merge ourselves, move in with the attitudes and the lifestyles of those described here. Those who um, are wicked. Those who are Sinners and those who even move past that to mockers. You can find yourself easily in those environments. Falling into the attitudes and the lifestyles. And the psalmist says, take stock, pull yourself out of that. Oh, the joy of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. So what's your game plan for that? What's your game plan for that? Because God's called us into the world. As we say at the Awakening Church, we want you to be fully alive in Christ and to His mission. The mission is to move out from here. We gather and refuel on a Sunday morning, but we need to move into the dimensions of the world to be able to bring the hope of Jesus Christ, and it's greatly needed. So it's not like you're disconnecting. You're just not embedding yourself and your plan to not fall into those places is a part of why a devotional life is so critical. That's why the second verse says this, but they, those who have that joy, who don't embed themselves with the, the sinners and the mockers, they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Now the law of the Lord in, in uh, the times of which this was written, uh, would normally be referenced to the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible. It actually wasn't officially put together until uh, like four or five hundred before Christ, B.C., okay? But it's not just referencing that Torah aspect. It's really referencing the law, the truth of God in whatever guidelines or instructions are of Him. And so you need to find your delight in the guidelines and the instructions, the law of God. And you need to meditate on it day and night. Going like, wow, how do you do that, Carrie? It's, that's sort of a big deal. I got a job. I got family. I got responsibilities. I, I got some fun things I want to do too. You, you mean I got to have my nose in a Bible and meditate on it day and night? No. Even some of the most intense people were the Essenes who were uh, followers of God that uh, holed up along the Dead Sea in the Qumran Caves. And they would study day and night the Scriptures and, and some of the beautiful texts that have been reserved 
early manuscripts come from the Dead Sea Scrolls, from the Essenes, and, and finding them after thousands of years. They studied. But even the Essenes sort of appointed someone and had this rotating schedule of those who would study and take delight in the law of God and learn and speak it. So it's not an instruction for you and I to spend every moment of every day with our nose in the Bible, quoting a scripture, doing whatever. It's saying you need to take the biblical instruction of God, his guidelines and his instructions, and you need to allow that to be a natural breath in your life every day. That's why when we went through our prior series in this fall about the uncommon practice of memorized scripture, I really exhorted us to memorize not just verses here or there, but to memorize sections of scripture so it becomes a natural part of your everyday world. So when you have a little bit of a pause, when you notice yourself breathing, you can breathe in the word of God, be reminded of truth and breathe out a prayer to him. It's a natural living expression. When you're standing in a line and instead of getting frustrated that your line's going slower than the line that's next to you that you should have picked and you knew it, that happens to me a lot. I say, Lord, I have this moment to stand in this line and thank you and dwell upon your truth. To meditate upon it day and night is an exercise of bringing his guidelines and his truth and his instruction into all kinds of dynamics and aspects. It says this then in verse 3. They, those who do that, are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never, never wither, and they prosper in all they do. I... Um, had to get used to California streams being different than the ones that I grew up with. They're dry. And whenever I see something that says river and I look over the embankment and it's concrete, I go, wow, that's a strange river for me. If there's no water in the river or in the stream or in the lake, there's not going to be a lot of nourishment happens. I guess when the rains come, it all fills up, right? As we experience this time of year some. But... Those trees that are planted along streams grow quickly. Their roots go down into the nourishment of the water and they bear fruit in each season of life and their leaves never wither. If you spend your time rooting yourself into God's Word, into His truth, experiencing His joy and love in your life and being a part of His eternal delight of His kingdom you will find yourself not only growing, but looking brighter and fresher and more inviting to others around you, beginning with your spouse and your family members. Take stock of this exhortation as it relates to your devotional life. And the Word of God is prominent. Verse 4 says, But not the wicked, they are like the worthless chaff scattered in the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Now there's a pretty big contrast, right? The godly and the wicked. Now most of us, if I was to be honest, would probably not put ourselves in either camp. 
we're really uncomfortable with being referred to as godly. Oh, I, I got a lot of shortcomings or things I, I haven't grown up into yet. I fall down, I fumble a lot, you know, and I appreciate that humility. But neither would we like to be categorized as the wicked. Oh, the wicked. I, you know, whoo. I could tell you some people that are in that camp, but that's not me. I try to do the best I can. I'm, I'm pretty good. Well, Scripture puts you in one of two camps. The reason it puts you in one of two camps oftentimes is not to be a harsh judgmental. It's the direction of pursuit that you have. Are you pursuing godliness in your life? Or are you tempted and falling in the way of wickedness? And it's saying that those who are pursuing the godly thing are going to delight themselves and meditate on God's word day and night. I want to read for you this uh, very simple um, psalm out of the message translation. I sort of liked it. It says this in the message, which is a paraphrase by Eugene Peterson. How well God must like you. You don't hang out at Sin Saloon. You don't slink along Dead End Road. And you don't go to Smart Mouth College. Instead, you thrill to God's Word. You chew on Scripture day and night. You're a tree planted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. You're not like all at like the wicked who are mere wind-blown dust without defense in court, unfit company for innocent people. God charts the road you take. The road they take is skid row. You chart the road to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But if you do not stay on top of your devotional life, you will find yourself moving towards Skid Row. If you do not fuel yourself on a regular basis in God's Word and take delight in Him, you will find yourself out of gas along Skid Row. So I want to exhort us uh, in some practicalities. I want to exhort us in some practicalities related um, to how we may be able to enhance ourselves and move forward in such a dimension. Time, place, tools, plan, journal, and share. If you want to have a great devotional life, you have to learn the rhythms of who you are. I understand some of us are morning people. I am not. I understand some of us are nighttime people. That's me. Let the day calm down. Let me focus in. I understand some of us are confused about who you are. Because it doesn't seem like you have any time, any part of the day for anything extra that you'd like to do, let alone something called a devotional life. But you need to find a time that fits and works for you. And to be honest, I'm sort of ashamed in part that I'm not a morning person because I understand that early in the morning is the best time for your devotional life. Now, it's not that I don't have a mindset for there. 
I get up, I might have breakfast, I put my prayers out to the Lord. Usually when I roll out of bed, the first thing I say is, thank you, Lord, for getting me through another night, right? No, I roll out of bed, I put my legs on the floor, and I say, thank you, Lord, for another day. And I'm glad that I'm not alone this day. You go with me. What are your plans for this day? Morning time's really the best time for devotional life, but wherever you find your time, you park it, maybe your life half full, maybe you're at work and you're able to get away for a lunch break that's more than just, you know, uh, fueling yourself physically with food, and you can fuel yourself spiritually. I don't know, but you need to find a time. And then you need to pick a place. Habits are best developed by finding yourself in a routine, same time, same place, it'll start to form. And maybe that place is a secluded part of your home. Maybe it's a place, a coffee shop you can go to. Maybe it's somewhere that you can walk out of your house and go find an environment to sit into. But what is the place where you meet with God? If I was to take you back to where I grew up, I would take you along the road that I had many, many prayer walks. I would sit you down on the bridge across the stream where I would sit and I would talk to the Lord and He would speak to me. I would take you to the crossroads where weren't a lot of cars out there always. I'd lay down on the crossroads, north, south, east, west. Say, God, what is your calling in my life? I'd take it to another part where I'd wind the road and I would just sing songs. That was sacred space for me. And I could take you to other sacred spaces. Where is your time? Where is your place? Lock it in and be consistent with it. And then you need to discover what the tools are that you need to have. What are the tools that are going to enable you to be able to get into God's Word and meditate on His Word? Now, it may be a, a, a hard copy of something, a reading plan. It may be a Bible app, and we've often uh, encouraged people to get the Bible app, version, Y-O-U, version. They have reading plans on it. Some of you signed me up to be a, a partner in those or just to, to stay abreast of where you're at on the reading plans. But there needs to be tools and a plan for you to move your way through God's Word. And it's not about covering the whole Bible. I like the idea of reading through the Bible for a year. You know, sometimes it's a little portion out of the Old Testament, a little portion out of the New Testament, then a little bit of the Psalms or Proverbs, and you all pack it in there in 20 minutes kind of thing. Well, friends, you can do that, but the most important thing to me is that you just read the Word and let it speak to you. When's the last time you picked up the hard copy of the Bible and read it? When's the last time you got on your Bible app and you found that special sacred place and sacred time and you just began to read. I want to encourage you that a devotional life does not happen unless you are intentional and you go after it. Everything else will press it out of your life. It's just like some of you that you know are pretty regimented with your physical workouts and it happens for a while and then it sort of swings away. We have to be devoted to it. And then I want to encourage you as you're, you're reading and you're listening to God speak and there's different things you can do. You can read Scripture. You can study Scripture. You can memorize Scripture. You can meditate on it by just sort of having a, a repeat of it over and again in your soul. Take a journal. It could be a sheet of paper. 
part of me, I don't even care if you throw it away afterwards. And do a few things on that piece of paper. One is write down any truth that strikes you or something that even stings you. Just write it down. You know, they say that 75% of what you write, you will remember. But that's not true. It's like you listen to me right now, whether you're here on site or online. You're listening to a speaker and you're, you're nodding your head here or there. Or maybe you're dozing off because it's just not really relevant to you. I don't know. But you're like, you're listening to words. And words come and they go into our mind and they leave. But if you write things down, you retain it better. One of the treasure troves I have are scribbled notes of my father that are in a big brown bag because he had these, you know, had the pocket on the front. He'd pull out in his pocket and he'd hear something on the radio or some other. He'd write it down. And you got these little notes. And it was hard to read some of them as he got older. But he was writing down something that struck him well. You need to journal. Write. Doesn't mean you need to write a whole diary. Just what are some truths, some things that strike you? And then some prayer requests. Maybe they're, oh, that was a good truth for my friend. And you, I, I just need to pray for them. You know else what you write down? Is all the distraction that comes to you. Any of you perfect and you're not distracted in your devotional life? Any of you have been reading along somewhere and then you decide, how did I get here? And I don't know anything that I just read. We're all human. And sometimes we see a bird flying by. Oh, and we're, there's, there's, oh there's a squirrel. And we're distracted. Or we remember, man, i got to remember to do that thing before I forget. Well, write it down. If you write it down as you're spending your devotional life, then it sort of doesn't have that attack like, don't forget it, don't forget it, don't forget it. It's like, oh, I'll have record of that, of what I need to pick up and look at. And so I encourage you to take a specific time, find a sacred place, discover tools and a plan. And if you need help on that, I'm more than glad to interact with you on some different great kind of tools. Journal. And then you need to share. You need to share what God's doing in your life. Move into the horizontal dimension of it. And it may be just a nugget of truth. Or God showed me this. Or this is where I'm uh, in some pain. I've got a brother right down here. I know he posted something this week online. And it's like, this is where I'm at right now. It's like, oh, okay. Helps me to pray for someone, but it also uh, sort of encourages me to go, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I maybe needed to have my devotional life this week, too, or find a sacred space. Friends, delight yourself in the Word. No one's going to do it for you. Maybe you've done it before. Maybe you're actively involved in it now. Delight yourself in the Word. There's something else I can exhort you to. And that is delight, your, delight yourself in some devotional classics. Do you know what a devotional classic is? A devotional classic, I like how one person put it. It's, a, it's actually, some have probably watched the journal of other people who have walked seriously with the Lord in ancient of days. I had someone tell me not to read anybody uh, in life too much except uh, those who are, uh, wrote a hundred years ago. Because then you know how their life ended kind of idea. But a devotional classic, and, and some of you might be familiar with this, I always thought, hey, a devotional is like, oh, is that where it's like my daily bread and I read day one, day two, day three, right? Well, that's all fine, and if you use that as one of your tools, that's okay. 
But there are great devotional classics that call deep unto deep. And you need to work with things that call you into deeper experience and thought life concerning the Jesus who you want to love and be in communion with. And people have gone historically for you for hundreds, thousands, and thousands of years who are on the same journey as you are, who have fueled themselves with truth, who have found delight in the love of God and are consumed with His kingdom. And devotional classics, there, there can be several. I, I, now I'm up here, I printed off the list and I didn't print, get it out of the printer, I guess. There's a lot of devotional classics. Some of them are more ancient, some of them not. But one author writes this way about a classic. He says this, A classic is something that endures because it continues speaking to people through all the years. Or it illustrates a new way of looking at some, something, a paradigm shift whose meaning is so deep that it is not easily exhausted, but may not always be easy to read because of language, translation, cultural issues. The point is this. These classics are, for the most part, well-written. They express deep truths about the Christian life, generally drawn from the experience of suffering. You should interact with their work and apply their insights and ours to our lives by God's grace. But not every saint is to be imitated in every respect. One of those classics is William Law's book, A Serious Call to a Devote and Holy Life. I mean, there's others, the Thomas Akempis, The Imitation of Christ. Even newer people have written some books that people consider classics, like uh, right beside my chair in my living room this morning, uh, there was uh, a book written by A.B. Simpson who founded an alliance called The Christ Life and another by A.W. A. Tozer called The Knowledge of the Holy or Tozer's also written The Pursuit of God. There's a lot of great classic books that call deep unto deep. And though it may not be easy reading for you, it's going to press you into a deeper devotional life in many ways. William Law says this, written in 1728, his serious call to devout and holy life. If you will stop here and ask yourself why you are not so devoted as the primitive Christians, your own heart will tell you that it is neither through ignorance nor inability, but purely because you never thoroughly intended it. If devotion to Christ generally existed among Christians, it would change the whole face of the world. I have a whole Costco bucket and more filled with Christian classics. Well, my TV stand as I left today was, was a whole um, uh, section, several books of Andrew Murray. And I remember I first started reading him preacher from South Africa, that my heart was endeared to his depth. Now as I look at you and I look into maybe some deer-in-the-headlight kind of faces here today, or maybe you're at home and you decided it's time to go start lunch. I told myself I was going to make a point today not to beat us up, but I do want to make a point to challenge us. We live in a world that is very superficial and shallow. And you have to press past the common everyday agendas of life and press into the bosom, into the heart of God. And whether through meditating on His Word or reading classics of those who have gone before you, do something catalytic in your life 
to go deeper. Because I promise you, if you go deeper in 2021, your soul will rise higher. The distractions and all the chatter of the world will seem to be not distant, but right-sized. And you will find power to serve the purposes of God. We serve out of the overflow of our life. But many of us are running on fumes, we're empty, and we cannot serve because we do not dwell in His presence. And so I'm going to ask you, do something to get out of the normal routines and go deeper in your life this year. Establish a devotional life. And you know what the number one key to your devotional life is this year? The number one key to a deeper devotional life is consistency. That's why I'm talking on devotional life after doing a series on uncommon practices just a few months ago. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says this, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue in your life to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing from thankfulness. Put your roots down into the streams of living water as you meditate on His Word. Get yourself rooted and built up in Him and strengthened in the faith. This verse is the common verse for this experience right here that you saw a video about before I stepped up here. And that is an experience that we challenge people to do at the awakening. And many churches around the nation and even the world now are using called Rooted. Rooted comes out of a church in Nairobi, Kenya. Mazizi is the Swahili word for Rooted. And there's a church over in O.C., called Mariners, who had a partnership with this church, and they realized that their believers coming out of that church, it was a massive movement, were really really solid and devoted. And Chris, I was like, what's happening? And they said, we've crafted this experience called Rooted. And so Mariners took the church, Americanized, took the, the, the journey and Americanized it for churches today, and it's called Rooted. And I won't belabor the point any more than this. But to say, if you need help on this journey of your devotional life, then sign up for a 10-week experience. A 10-week experience of where um, five out of seven days of your week, you'll have a devotional here that you read. And what I, one of the things I really love about Rooted is this stuff is deep, but it's not muddy. A lot of people think they're deep and they're just muddy. This is deep, it's not muddy, it's clear, and it's challenging. And it even used quotes from classics, devotional classics, and scripture. You will take five out of seven days a week, and you will spend time interacting with that, and then you will have some journaling opportunity at the end. No fill in the blanks, it's just you interact with it. So you're going to get a book for this ten weeks. Then you're going to get a group, and that group's going to meet once a week. And that group is not more preaching. That group is interaction. The leader facilitates discussion. And I know some of you have been through Rooted. I've been through Rooted so many times. You can sign right back up for it again. I keep getting stuff out of it every time that I go through it and I facilitate the groups that I lead. So you get a book. You have a group that meets on a weekly basis once a month um, for 10 weeks. 
And then there's some outside experiences, a prayer experience, a serving experience that causes your group to bond together. And I have seen tremendous things happen, as mentioned with what you saw with the promo thing, um, actually from another church, that we find people that go through Rooted take a huge step up in what it says here on the front of the cover to connect with God, to connect with the church, and to connect with your purpose. Will you consider doing that? You can talk to me after service right on your Connect card. You can pick it up at the exits down here today. Or if you're online, you can just simply go to the web and there's a, 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 a rooted icon at the lower part of the homepage and click there and send an email. We're in this season of finding those who really want to step up in their devotional life, not because it's the right thing to do as a Jesus follower. No. So you get fuel and your life is full. And you begin to see God impact your life greatly and the life of others. I close with this psalm. Psalm 103, 1 through 5. This is the heart of someone who delights, who delights well in the Word of God and delights well in His presence. This is the sentiment, the feel, the flavor of such an individual who's pressing into God, who's going deeper. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise His holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things He has done. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. And what? My youth is renewed like the eagle's. Your 2021 devotional life. For His truth to be my daily guide. For His truth to be my daily guide. For His love to be my common joy. And for His kingdom to be my forever delight. I invite you to stand with me. I'm going to pray over us as we close. And we'll be done. I want to pray God's anointing and blessing over your life on this journey whether it's a 10-week experience called Rooted you want to sign up for, or whether it's that sacred space you're going to get back to in the coming days with that defined time and those tools, or maybe a new tool, to encounter the presence of God and serve His purposes. I want you to put your palms up, and you can do this even at home in your living rooms. I'm mindful that you have an adversary who does not want you to experience the joy and the freedom and the power of Jesus Christ. We are in a battle. Our nation is in a battle. Your neighborhood's in a battle. There's an adversary who wants to keep us from his presence. And so with your palms raised up, you were saying, I want to receive the power and the presence of God and his protection as I dive into a devotional life this year that draws me close to him. Lord, we lift our hands to you in a symbolic way of saying we need to receive from You this year. We need to receive from You Your richness, Your instruction, Your tough love, and Lord, Your power through Your Spirit to know You more. May we be individuals who this year, through our devotional life and maybe other kinds of means as well, but through this year's devotional life, we get to know You, Christ. And then we're able to make You known to others. So Lord, for everyone, both 
here on site and online, may you pour out your Spirit's richness into them. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that's above every name, the name by which every knee shall bow in heaven on earth and under the earth. Satan and your workers, you have no rights from keeping anyone from the presence of the Lord Jesus who so desires to press in this year. You are bound from doing so. You cognizant one who brings doubt and confusion, discouragement and despair and discord and dissension, all the things we see around us, you are bound from doing so in every person's life that's a part of this church or connected with this church through friendship. Lord, this is a prayer for those who are part of the awakening that we would find victory this year in knowing Christ and making Him known. That we would find power this year and becoming fully alive in Christ and to His mission. That this year would not be a wasted year no matter what the cultural events may hold. But this year would be one of the most memorable years for us climbing closer into the very essence of Your Holy Spirit who sent to dwell with us, abiding in You. Lord, this is my prayer. This is our prayer. Raise us up as a people. Raise us up as a church who are known by You and who Satan and his workers know us by. In Your name we pray. Amen. God's people said, Amen. Thanks for endearing your heart to truth today. I encourage you to be back next week. Sign up for Rooted. Be a part of all that God's got going on. This is going to be a great year. God bless.